Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the 55th episode of the Baseball HQ Eyes Have It podcast. I am your host, Chris Blessing, and I am joined by my co-host, Brent Hershey. We have a great show on tap tonight. Brent will cover Luis Ortiz, the Pirates' right-handed pitcher, who was just brought up recently, I think actually tonight. Um, yeah. And I will, yeah, right? I, I will cover a slew of my live looks over the past two weeks, including Ray's prospect, Junior Caminero. But first, Brent, how are you doing? Doing well, Chris. Um, yeah, good to be back after a couple of weeks and uh, looking forward to digging in here tonight. Um, Hal, we're doing this on Monday, of course. How was your weekend? Uh, my weekend was okay. My week was was uh, was good. I, I was able to get several looks at Ray's prospects, who we will talk about uh, later. I didn't have nice. the weather issues that I had the previous week trying to get Angel's looks. Or wow. the weather issues that are likely to come this week. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just the part of it being in the south in the springtime. Uh, you're going to have rain outs and you're going to have uh, rain delays. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're, uh, anybody that does this is used to it, right, Brent? Yep. Especially this time of year and it's chilly and, and all that. Uh, so it's, it's easy to easy to fall into that. You try to uh, plan out your you know, a couple trips a week uh, in around those uh, weather events, and um, you know, we do the best we can. So, hoping that your uh, hoping that your week this week goes well on on that front. Yeah, especially since the looks, and we'll talk about those looks on the what's on tap portion of our episode. But those looks are really good looks at three really good prospects. So, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm hopeful it works out, Brent. Um, yeah, well. The great thing is uh, I, I messaged Brent yesterday and I was like, here's what I'm bringing to the show. What would you like to bring to the show? And <laughs> I was curious, uh, as usual, to find out. Um, the last few times that I've given this question to Brent, I, I believe he knocked it out of the ballpark on each occasion um, and, and picked either subjects or players that are newsworthy. Uh, and today... Um, the Pirates recalled the uh, right-handed pitcher Luis Ortiz, who had a cup of coffee last year and mm -hmm. got some action in uh, redrafts this year. I, I know uh -huh. that most of the leagues I was in, he was taken as a prospect um, who was likely to start the season in AAA and then move his way into the big league rotation. So Brent went ahead. Uh, got onto the videotape and scouted Luis Ortiz uh, from some looks this year. Yeah. Uh, what did you like? Where Where's Luis Ortiz at right now? Yeah. Um, like you said, I mean, just uh, just a little bit of background. I did actually uh, Ortiz's numbers kind of came across 
uh, my desk or became, I became aware of them kind of over the weekend. I was like, oh, that'd be a good one to check out. And really, but when I picked that and, so, and uh, you know, we chatted about it, I had, uh, had no idea that actually he would be recalled. And um, yeah, today on Monday, the news came out for sure that he's going to uh, make his 2023 major uh, debut. Uh, in the majors uh, on Tuesday night. Um, but yeah, so I went back and looked at the last two outings of his at, uh, at triple a, um, the most recent one, um, was just last weekend. Um, basically it was a, uh, just a short outing, which, uh, you know, had me thinking that they, they may well have, uh, known that that was going to be his last outing, uh, that they were going to bring him up. Um, you know, he's kind of sliding into the, uh, Vince Velasquez slot there in Pittsburgh. Um, just went three innings. Um, you know, and I, I, uh, quite frankly did not, uh, watch much of his major league starts last year when he came up for the, I think the four starts that he had, um, but certainly was aware, uh, of his rise, um, quick rise through the system. Um, he skipped uh, high A ball and went right to uh, double A last year and spent most of his time uh, at double A Altoona and then just made a quick stop at triple A before they uh, called him up um, to the majors in September, like I said, for those four starts. Um, his uh, numbers throughout last year um, were, were really good uh, as far as um, limiting walks and getting strikeouts. He's a, he's a, uh, a, a big guy, six six two, two forty. Uh, although pretty athletic uh, on the mound, the delivery's uh, pretty simple, um, repeatable. Um, has a big fastball, which is obviously um, you know uh, a big part of his um, arsenal. Uh, in these two games over the past uh, ten days or so, I mean it was a it was an easy kind of ninety five to ninety seven. Um, it had a you know had a good bit of ride on it. Um, the the uh, opponents he was facing uh, were were uh, you know he was getting some swings and misses uh, on it. And uh, his secondary pitch um, is a um, is a mid 80s slider, um, and that he can uh, he was he's able to throw for strikes uh, in the zone, getting called strikes. Uh, as well as using it as a chase pitch. When uh, going back and looking at um, both of his boxes in um, this year's uh, minor league baseball analyst, as well as the forecaster, um, they both mentioned how his changeup was uh, kind of a distant third pitch. Um, mm. And in the games that I saw from, like I said, these two starts uh, this season, uh, the changeup, certainly looked like it's taken some really steps, some good steps forward. Um, yeah, he great. used it. He used it a good bit, um, against, uh, left-handers especially, um, and, uh, comes out of a good slot. Um, you know, has good depth and fade on it, um, away from the left-handers. Uh, he threw it a couple times to righties. I kind you know, just sort of as a, as a, uh, change of pace pitch. Um, and it's not, uh, you know, I wouldn't call it uh, plus or uh, anything like that, but it certainly, uh, it seemed to me to be, you know, into that average range 
where um, used correctly, you know, uh, using it and being able to mix that, sequence it in with his fastball slider combination, um, I think is going to be, you know, I, I think uh, probably most likely the Pirates were uh, happy with that development. And I would think that had something to do with their willingness to kind of, you know, bring him up uh, here so early through just, you know, whatever it was, six, seven starts um, this year in the minors. That changeup, uh, I think, certainly does, um, you know, does does foretell a big improvement for him. Um, and uh, whereas, you know, a big, a big heavy fastball like that, a uh, big slider combination, uh, you know, you can always say, oh, if there's not a third pitch and it doesn't work out, you know, it's a, it can be a bullpen arm. Uh, now that he has that, that change up uh, to, you know, just to show guys something different to kind of keep him off uh, some of the other two pitches, uh, I think a, a starter, uh, a starter kind of outcome for now anyway, is, uh, is more possible. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was kind of, uh, you know, a big thing I think that, that stood out to me there. There was, there were some times through the innings, uh, through the outings that I saw where his command wavered some. Um, and I thought about, uh, you know, I thought back to several weeks ago when, um, I did a similar thing with Tanner Bybee, uh, coming up and, you know, it's, it was certainly different. Uh, Bybee has, uh, four pitches, kind of two breaking balls that he was using. Um, and, and certainly had, uh, when comparing the two, you know, had better fastball command in those AAA starts than uh, than Ortiz uh, showed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't that Ortiz was wild necessarily. Um, you know, he had, um, you know, he's had his walk numbers are um, certainly good. He has a, you know, a AAA whip this year under one. Um, but it just was not, uh, you know, it just was not as pristine and you know it's maybe falls under that uh, that control but not command kind of thing uh able to throw strikes and get it there um but not able to kind of paint the edges um as uh you know as as much as one would like um that certainly you know can can develop um but uh right now um i don't think it's there as much so i um yeah i'm curious to see uh how major league batters, what they, what they, uh, do with him, um, there, there was, um, like I said, most of the innings that I saw were, um, pretty, uh, pretty efficient and, uh, kind of easy for him. And in one of the, in one of the outings he was facing to the Columbus team, which had, um, uh, you know, Brian Rocchio, uh, um, yeah, good team. Uh, Zach Collins, right. I mean, some, and the commentators for Indianapolis, the team is pitching for was just, were commenting on the experience. Um, you know, Tyler Freeman was on that team too. Kind of the experience and, and kind of top level hitters that were on there. Uh, and he really, um, you know, disposed with them, uh, rather nicely. He got, uh, you know, gave up a two run triple at one point late in the outing, but before that, uh, you know, went six strong innings. Um, I don't know what it was, five or, five or six K's and yeah. one walk or something like that. So, um, so yeah, so that's the, that's kind of my take on, uh, Luis Ortiz. I'm, uh, like I said, we'll be, uh, interested to see, uh, how he fares, um, Tuesday night, but I think there's another, uh, you know, and that's another young pitcher 
that uh, that the pirates, uh, you know, that uh, that can be part of their, you know, what seems to be a a, a turning turning uh, a turning better, point, right? Yeah, a, like turning, a turning point. point yeah, I mean, like where there's some, yeah, where there's some there's there's some young pitching there that certainly uh, has shown some uh, promise. I think he becomes part of that, and it's uh, you know it's someone with what looks like major league quality stuff too uh to work with so so like i don't i don't cover the the pirates unless they're in high a and greensboro comes through uh Uh, i'll go and watch them uh and of course i never seen ortiz in person i saw him towards the end of last year uh and there were two things that really stood out a uh that fastball uh is a very good weapon for him uh paired with his slider he he gets really good drop on that slider, uh, and yeah. uh, it, it's a bat misser. So he has two bat missing pitches. Um, the changeup actually in the in the start that I uh, uh, scouted was actually used a lot um, and used specifically against right handers, which was what what you had stated about your um, your view that you saw some right handed thing. The thing I didn't see that day as it uh, that I think you saw. And was one of the questions we were trying to answer on him was whether that third pitch, that changeup, would be effective against left-handed uh, hitters. And it mm-hmm. seems like it's taken a step forward um, on him. So combining your look and my look, uh, it sounds like he has progressed there. Yeah. Uh, the question I have for you uh, is something that I know a few of my scouting contacts have brought up including some media scouts. Uh, and that's about his, uh, and, and really the Pirates organization. And I think the Pirates organization has proven that they've corrected a lot of these issues this year. Um, but the organization as a whole was having a struggle with sequencing of pitches. Um, mm-hmm. Do you feel like when you watched him, he was he was using the pitches in, in a good sequence? Uh, and I know that's, a, that's a, a, a judgment call based on, you know, your feel for what a guy should be throwing during a specific mm-hmm. uh, right. um, count and pitch or, you know, how, how you set up for a pitch. And that was something that organization-wide last year um, was a – you could claim that about all of their pitchers from Quinn Priester to um, the Bubba Chandler to, to mm-hmm. Luis Ortiz. Um, so w- what were your thoughts on his sequencing? Yeah, I thought that it that it was um, that it was kind of appropriate or or well sequenced. Uh, I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't see kind of stretches where he um, you know just fell in love with the fastball or just threw um, you know slider after slider. And you know both of those pitches, you know, de- depending are as you said, kind of good enough to almost be able to get away with that. But the but the mixing up of that and then also ha- of those two and then having the third pitch and the change up that he's able to use. Uh, it, it certainly seemed, it certainly seemed like, mm-hmm. uh, the sequencing and the mixing it up of that, um, was a, was a good, um, you know, was it a good pace and, yeah. uh, and, and, a, a good thing there. And certainly that would be, you know, by adding a third pitch that he's, uh, able to use and has confidence in using and all that makes, you know, the more pitches you have, the more sequencing you can do yeah. really. Uh, and, um, so 
Yeah, that's an interesting interesting question. I hadn't necessarily thought about it during that, but as uh, in on reflecting with what I saw, uh, it doesn't seem to be uh, an issue. With, with and that's a big are. thing with the Pirates uh, from mm-hmm. the major leagues on down. It's uh, you. Know, I, I think a lot of the turnaround with uh, uh, Mitch uh, Keller um, uh-huh. on the big league team. I think that I mean we've all agreed that the stuff has always been there, and yeah. there was some lacking fastball command. I think that they might have learned some lessons from Tyler Glass now mm-hmm. and have kind of incorporated that. Also, this is an organization that flipped over a few years ago, meaning they, they hired a GM that wasn't a Pirates guy. Um, yeah. And they have <laughs> since replaced a lot of, you know, or have gotten coaches that have um, conformed to the way that the the organization wants things done. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, a lot of this improvement actually started towards the tail end of last year where yeah. these pitchers were given homework, essentially. Hey, mm-hmm. these are the things that we need to think about um, mm-hmm. because you can't work on everything at once. Uh, I once talked to a pitching coordinator in an organization. He's no longer with the organization, but he was in his second year and he felt like at that point he could finally get to some main um, uh, points to the pitchers. Um, they, yeah. they learned about the pitchers in year one, year two was more about now let's see how our, our, um, plan is going to work and how it's the, you know, kind of put it in practice. And then year yeah. three, it became something like, let's try and, and round all of this out. And that, that's mm-hmm. essentially kind of what this Pirates front office has done and player development staff has done. They have a lot of good players. I wouldn't say top prospects out of, a, you know, after a few guys up top like Rodriguez and uh, Davis at catcher. And, and maybe you can still consider Nick Gonzalez somebody. But um, mm-hmm. like with pitchers, it seems like the organization as a whole has taken – a step forward. And I think that's what you got to see. Um, I wouldn't say he's completely finished yet. Um, the finishing touches. I think, uh, I think that like what we've seen with those two guardians pitchers is that they may be a little more, uh, finished products than Mm -hmm. Ortiz is. Um, but again, you don't have to have a hundred percent finish, uh, to your, to your arsenal pitches and to how you pitch to succeed in the major leagues. You've got to, you've got to do something enough um, to, to get by. And I think he has, he certainly has the stuff. I'd like to see some more whiffs from him. That would be the big next step for him. um, For me to, to consider him a mid rotation starter, but the skill set is there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, I mean, you make a great point uh, too. And I think about, uh, you know, kind of a tangent on the sequencing thing is like, you know, getting, getting someone uh, at this level of his development kind of into the major leagues working with, um, you know, even major league catchers that have some experience, more experience with that, um, you know, than what he's finding uh, at double or triple A in the, in the majors, you know, can, can oftentimes help, uh, help improve that, uh, you know, a pitcher from the sequencing and reading hitter swings and, and learning how to game plan and all that, uh, all those sorts of things uh, too. So uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I think I, I, and I would agree that he's uh, 
you know, a little more raw than the two uh, Indians guys. And, um, and certainly they're not perfect either. I mean, as we sit here now, uh, you know, Bybee, I know, got roughed up a little bit uh, tonight earlier. Um, and so that's a good reminder, of course, of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, of, 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 all, of all the ups and downs of the rostering rookie, rookie pitchers. Well, Brent, I'm sad to say that you have to put a quarter in the jar for saying uh, the I word and not Guardians. Oh, my word. I, a yeah, quarter I, I is in the jar. The quarter is <laughs> in the jar. We are going to calculate it. I have said the I word twice this year. We're going we're going to get that out. So right now we have 75 cents in the right. the, the in the jar. Uh, and, okay. uh, you know, it's kind of like a cuss jar. Um, we yeah, haven't cussed right. on air yet, right. so it's only 75 cents. So hopefully we can avoid this. But uh, thank you. Thank was, you for I, uh Thank you for being the police on on the yeah. tonight. Because I, I mean, I, I mean, it's 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 still hard. I mean, we knew a team uh, the same way for years, uh, and w- you know, it, it's still a hard thing. I, I mean, I tell people now, Cleveland baseball team, a lot of times <laughs> because the casual fans will still give me a look if if I say Cleveland Guardians. Uh, yeah. The, it, it's just so new. So like, it, it's still new. So seventy five cents and. Okay. You know, I guess at the end of the day, it, um, if if we get over a certain amount, maybe we donate it to a charity. Hopefully, it's not too much. <laughs> right. Uh, we don't get there. Hopefully, we don't get there. Okay. Well, this is a perfect time to take a moment to hear about what Patrick has cooking on this week's episode of Baseball HQ Radio. Hey, guys, have it, listeners. Patrick David here from the Baseball HQ Radio podcast. This week's pod is another great Friday Full Edition featuring two expert interviews, the first with Derek Carty from the BAT and the BAT-X Projection Systems discussing how to project new young pitchers, how to play the odds when you're making up your fab bids, and his boons and banes for this weekend's fab run. And second, we have Zach Waxman from the Draft Champions podcast discussing his fab reviews and his boons and banes for this weekend's fabbing. Plus all the usual great stuff, news analysis with Ray Murphy from BaseballHQ.com, and our Baseball HQ commentaries. That's Derek Carty and Zach Waxman, available now on this week's Friday Full Edition of the podcast with Fantasy Baseball Intelligence for Winners. It is Baseball HQ Radio. I sure hope you'll join us. Thank you, Patrick. Uh, be sure to check out uh, Baseball HQ Radio on your uh, wherever you get your podcast. New episodes drop every Friday, and uh, certainly... Uh, one of the uh, oldest and best uh, podcasts out there having to do with fantasy baseball. So anyway, Chris, let's uh, let's trans- transition to your live uh, looks, as you said, from uh, the past week. Um, certainly, baseball HQ subscribers um, uh, that were have read the slate over the weekend. Um, Got some uh, got some good intel on the first guy that we're about to talk about uh, today, and that is um, Rays uh, infielder Junior Caminero, um, who, uh, like I believe most of these Rays that we're going to discuss today, um, are is in the High A Bowling with the High A Bowling Green um, yes. affiliate. Um, what can you uh, what can you share with us about Common arrow from your look last week. I like middle. I, I like middle infielder. Infielder. Um, 
for all these raised guys because they're all shortstops that we're talking about today. Um, but not all of them are shortstops. They're natural shortstops. Just the Guardians uh, organization and the Rays organization love to stockpile shortstops. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just what it is. Um, and ironically, I guess, Junior Caminero was acquired for a guy that the Guardians added to the 40-man roster whose name is escaping me right now, but he has now since been with three teams because he's not that good. Uh, the Guardians acquired this guy for Junior Caminero, and this might be one of the most lopsided trades uh, of all time. Um, Tobias Myers. Tobias Myers. I uh, Yeah, he had a... Uh, uh, I think he was over top thrower with a um, with a very high riding fastball, if I remember right, which is, you know, again, something that the Rays and the Guardians love a lot of. And he was mm-hmm. a guy that yeah. the Guardians, uh, well, actually the Rays couldn't protect on the 40 man. And right. Right. Uh, the Rays are some of the uh, uh, the Rays uncover a lot of guys because they scout almost everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. Talking this weekend to a contact up north, he was like, oh, you know, I was talking to this Rays guy, and hey, there was a Rays guy at this game. They even audit their own players. Like, it's a (laughs) – they know their organization better than anyone. They were kind of the first that were on the Arizona and Florida complexes. Uh, They were also – you know, they basically got Camonero probably from, uh, you know, watching him during instructs in Arizona or – uh, maybe even from the Dominican Republic where he had played that previous season uh, um, in uh, 2021. Uh, mm-hmm. But he's absolutely exploded. Other other sites, other media people have probably been on him more. We did have him ranked in our top 100 at 94 coming into this season. Um, I think I don't think it was uh, – I think we were a little um, conservative with that, but we tend to be conservative with – guys that are teenagers. And I like that about us because overall, I think that is the right track. You agree with that, right, Brent? Yes, absolutely. I think it's, uh, I think it's does the best service to our uh, subscribers to kind of uh, wait a little bit till we have, um, you know, uh, better reports and eyes on kids uh, this age. He's 19. And uh, certainly, yes, I I think that that being conservative on that is, uh, is, kind of what we do and it served us well. And when, and when they explode, like he does here, then we're on, we're at the field and we're on it. So continue. Yep. <laughs> so th- he's had a great start, uh, for the year, uh, um, entering play, uh, Tuesday, which you'll likely be listening to this on a Tuesday. Uh, uh he's batting three fifty six with a four Oh eight on base percentage and a six seventy eight slugging percentage. Uh, he has eight home runs already in 22 games, less than a hundred plate appearances. Uh, he's been on absolute fire this last week. Um, he's, he struggled a little in a series against Rome. Um, but that's not, that's, that's the norm. Usually when I get to see hitters, uh, uh, the Rome, staff is very uh, mature uh, and I think that they they handle younger guys much better than maybe some other organizations when they face them uh-huh. and so uh, I, I always like that as a barometer and I uh, first game I went to he did not play um, that's another thing with the Rays is they cycle through their players basically three games on one game off so in my first game I had Carson Williams and 
uh, Willie uh, Vasquez, who we'll talk about a little later. Um, Williams was at short. Vasquez was at third. Game two, Williams was at short, and um, Caminero was at third base. And in game three, Caminero was at short. Somebody else completely different was at third, and Vasquez was at second base. So these guys, they, they move around. That's that's what the Rays do. And it, yeah. it's always why I have to outline three games for the for Rays prospects. It's just, <laughs> just what I have to do uh, right. when they come to town uh, in high A. Double A, it kind of starts being regular playing time at whatever position they end up at. Um, so that's a lot of introduction to get to Junior Caminero. Um, Caminero is a right-handed hitter. Um, it is a pretty... Uh, he has he's listed. Um, oh God, what is he listed as? He is listed six one one fifty seven. I would say looking at him, it was more like six two one seventy five ish. I forget what I actually said in the. I, I said uh, um, I said he didn't look like that. Uh, that he was strong bodied frame, and then I think he ends up being either six one six two or two to 200 pounds. So he's, he's probably about 15 pounds lighter, uh, heavier than what they say in, um, in his profile, um, mm-hmm. at the plate, he employs an upright open stance, hands cocked back up near his ear flap. As the pitch is delivered, utilizes a big leg lift to get squared up with his back leg, his body coils and uh, almost like a, a rattler, rattler, rattlesnake, you know, coils up ready to strike. Yeah. His hands uh, dip down a bit, which causes a little bit of a bat wrap, but he has such um, bat speed, mostly because his hips just explode on the ball. Um, it's exceptional bat speed, probably for a, probably the best bat speed I'll see all year. Um, hmm. uh, and it, yes, there's a lot to this swing and he coils up and stuff, but he has great body control and is able to keep uh, all of this momentum at bay and he can he can hold back on 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 swings as well he's not a guy that uh if he gets fooled um that you just get him out on front like i I saw occasion or two that they did did that to him uh Mm -hmm. specifically on sliders uh that were very tight that that just barely went out of the zone um but one of the one of the hits he had in game three that i saw was on a pitch that he was completely fooled with and just poked it uh, it was uh. a slider that he just poked the other way. Um, he's a right center field. Um, um, that's where his uh, hitting uh, is kind of directed towards. Um, uh. So uh, that's where the whole profile is right now. Um, unlike other guys, uh, and, you know, on, on the um, website the other day, I really went um, went really hard at uh, Davison uh, De La Santos from the for the D-backs organization, right. a guy who I don't think can pull a ball hard, fair. Um, I think he can do it foul. I think he can pull the opposite way, fair, fine. Um, but it doesn't seem like he has the the attributes and the the body control to really hit a ball hard um, into fair territory down the line. Um, and so I worry about a guy like that. He's also super aggressive. Caminero is a kid that if you look at his videos of his home runs so far, um, while most of them have been hit out to right center field, he has gotten to balls uh, middle in that he's just stung um, down the, to the pole end. Um, in his third at bat, first at bat, he hit a ball 
so hard right to the third baseman. It was probably off the bat. Um, I, I think my radar gun got it at 105 off the bat. Sometimes uh, I get the the swing speed or I get the ball yeah. off the bat and not necessarily the uh, miles per hour. And I know that uh, JJ Necro, um, yes, he is kin to the Necros. Um, he's one of their sons. I, I think it's Phil, but it might be Joe. Who knows? Um, but uh, JJ throws uh, low 90s. He is not a guy uh, that's ever going to top 105. Um, so I believe that was uh, the um, exit velocity on a liner right to the third baseman that ended up being a double play. The, the guy on first base was a little too far off the bag. Um, by the third at bat, uh, he got into a good count, um, actually got out of that good count. Um, and, uh, in a pitcher's count at the end of this, uh, the guy, the, the pitcher threw a fastball on the outer half of the plate that, uh, Caminero stung, uh, I mean, an awesome launch angle off the bat. I knew it was gone off the bat. And most of the time when a right-hander hits a ball specifically at, um, and I don't know what they're calling the stadium in Rome now, it used to be state mutual stadium. Um, I think think it's Advent Health Stadium now. Um, my wife would know because it's one of the hospitals down there. And uh, she's more familiar uh, with that area because she was from that area. I'm not. Um, but anyway, um, whatever the name of the stadium is, the river, uh, the Ustanala River, um, runs right behind the right field fence. Uh, there's a little berm there. There's the bullpen uh, the visitor's bullpen, and right beyond the berm and right beyond uh, the bullpens, the river. And yeah. during the winter especially, you can't – you've got to drive a ball to hit a ball out to right center field, even if you're a left-handed hitter. Uh, but lefties are more likely to do such a things. Um, Caminero, on a night where the wind was kind of blowing in, um, hit the ball out that direction. Um <laughs> David Ross is the only guy that I've seen do that as a rehabbing major leaguer, a 30 year old man. And we know David Ross's power in his, uh, in his career, uh, yeah. a guy with good, good power. He took a 19 year old's fastball and deposited it much further away than what Caminero's done. Um, we saw Austin Riley do this, but in the summertime, once, once the weather warmed up, um, once that didn't become a big issue, uh, and not during the nighttime, and and Caminero didn't do this during the nighttime too. Nighttime, it would have been virtually impossible. Uh, but the fact that he was able to hit it out there shows me that he has double plus power, and it's easy double plus power um, to get that sort of angle on a ball um, yeah. that's going the opposite field to get the velocity. And I would guarantee that he hit the ball harder than what he hit that first one that I clocked at 105 off my radar gun. I would say this is a this is a ball that he probably uh, and it's hard in in high A to get a guy hitting um, 110 111 uh, miles per hour. Uh, their, yeah, right. their body's just not developed to do that. Uh, they don't have the speed coming from the uh, from the pitcher uh, like you might have in other levels. Uh, it was probably I rank it as the third most impressive home run that I've scouted at the level in the A ball. Um, uh, Juan Soto, by the way, has the top one if anybody wants to know. Home run off of Kyle Muller uh, that hit the scoreboard the opposite way in the same park. Um, I, I can't. I still can't believe that happened. I can't believe he was in the major leagues later that year. But 
Um, <laughs> I believe that Caminero is a top 10 prospect right now. Um, <laughs> I can't think of five guys um, that I can think of three or four guys, but I can't think of five guys right now. And granted, I haven't done my look on the league um, that are better prospects than him. He has some issues. Uh, I, I think that he expands the hitting zone a little bit with off-speed pitches. I, the hit tool needs some some improvement. Um, uh, I, I also think, just like a young hitter, like most teenage prospects, uh, he is susceptible to better spin, and I think that's what we kind of saw that. I uh, saw yeah. a very uh, refined pitcher, Henry Riggins, uh, from the Braves minor leagues. Not, not a prospect, guys, um, but a guy that – that is a very refined pitcher um, who basically worked uh, uh, the slider in and out of the lower left quadrant of the zone away from him um, and like gave him, gave him some fits on that. Um, but overall, I think uh, Caminero has a solid approach. Um, he's not the greatest athlete in the world. Uh, shortstop is, is a little hard for him. Uh, he ranges well to his left, not so much to the right. Um, but at third base, he looks like he has the reactions to stick there. He definitely has the arm. It's a plus arm. Uh, it was fairly accurate. I saw him make five or six throws, uh, three of them under semi-distress. Um, but the way I look at him is he's going to probably be an all-fields power hitter. Um, uh, kind of like, uh, you know, I hate to throw out a comp like Pete Alonso, but um, this was a similar thing I saw in Alonso when he was uh, – uh, a little older in the minor leagues where he was hitting the ball out to right center uh, more than he was pulling. And now we know, you know, uh, the right. polar bear hits right. those home runs. Uh, but like this guy's a, a, a potential 265 batting average and potential 40 plus home run hitter. And he's extremely mature for his age, makes the right adjustments. And like I said, um, you know, just judging from my look and, you know, I'll have enough looks at everybody via video or in person by the all-star break when we do the HQ uh, um, mid-season top 50 prospects in the minors um, list. But uh, until then, um, like it's hard for me to say that there's, there's five other guys that are better than him. Uh, mm -hmm. Four other guys, three or four other guys, maybe. So what I'm saying to you is I kind of consider him a top five prospect at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's where I'm at. Yeah. So, so big surprise. The Rays have another, uh, another superstar, possible superstar on their hands. Yeah. Basically. I think he's, I think he's <laughs> a bigger prospect than, than any of their other guys that are, that are higher up. Um, I yeah. love Curtis Mead, but I don't think that this guy has, uh, even Mead beat. And, and that, Hey, that's another, uh, um, uh, I know for the race trade. I know um, you don't have Christopher to bring that Sanchez. One up. <laughs> I think was the guy that went to the to yep. the Phil or went to the Phillies. Um, yep. They're just amazing and like they do such a good job. I know that you have friends in the organization. I have friends in the organization, and um, you know it's it's an all. Um, yep. Um, yep. They they grind while also doing the analytics better than anybody, and it yeah. shows. It shows yeah. continually at the big league, whether you are a fan or not that of, of their low payrolls and that sort of thing. I think yeah. that yeah. I think that once they have a stadium situation in place, I think you'll see this team spend. Yeah. 
Well, that's, that's great uh, for those that have, you know, been HQ subscribers for a long time. Uh, and they've sort of come to trust uh, your looks on early guys like this. Um, and, uh, you know, we uh, remember your first couple of reports on uh, Ronald Acuna and, and others as well. So it's, uh, it's certainly uh, an interesting point for a lot of our subscribers yeah, I'm, and, I'm and, not, and I'm listeners never, today. And, yeah. I, and that's the thing, Brent. I'm never going to brag about being first or being the highest first or anything like that. I mean, I'll brag to my friends about that. Uh, I'll brag to other writers and, and give them a hard time. But the way I look at it is eventually Junior Caminero was going to be exposed as somebody who was great because because yeah. of what we see, just like Ronald Acuna was. Uh, and yeah. don't get me wrong, we've missed on a few guys as well. But um, oh, sure. you know, we we want to try to give the facts um, and then throw our opinions uh, out there. And in this case, I think that. We now have a body of work beyond uh, that that corresponds. I mean, we're talking about one month in the year, but corresponds yeah. what we saw in low A last year and what yeah. we saw, what, what our scouting contacts. I have a really good scouting contact that wrote me the day before um, seeing Caminero and says, I, I can't wait until you get to see him. Uh, yeah. And he was a guy that saw him at the complex. So like, yeah. this is a guy that, Again, I don't have scouts that ever write that sort of stuff to me. The last yeah. guy that they did that for was was Ronald Acuna. Yeah, yeah, very good. Um, well, let's let's uh, move along. And you also mentioned uh, that you saw uh, infielder Carson Williams as part of this uh, trip. He's also a teenager, nineteen year old, uh, first round pick. A couple in the twenty twenty one draft, it looks like. Um, and has also got uh, off to a pretty decent start, number numbers wise, anyway. Um, what did you see, and what stood out to you about Carson Williams? Well, first off, um, of this group, this is the kid that's the shortstop of the group. Um, <laughs> he is he turns twenty on June twenty fifth uh, of this year, so this is actually truly his twenty year of. Uh, 20 year old season, but like he's 19 right now. He's a first rounder uh, out of uh, high school, uh, Torrey Pines, which is uh, near San Diego um, or maybe in San Diego. I always forget. Um, uh, you know, and he was a guy that was fairly high ranked on um, non fantasy list because of the way he plays defense. Even though I saw him make an error, it's, it's his range compared to Caminero at short. And compared to other shortstops that I've seen, even even Marcelo Meyer this year, Mayer this year, um, is, is far and away better. Um, now the hit tool with um, with Williams, I almost said with Caminero, um, with Williams, it's a little more spotty. I know that he's currently slashing three nineteen, four hundred five, five ninety four. Uh, but he has 25 strikeouts in only 79 plate appearances. Uh, so that's mm. something that is very much uh, alarming. Um, uh, he ha- he's another guy that has uh, power um, to the opposite field. Um, I-, I saw him hit a triple. I saw him also hit a double the opposite way. Just the judge, and I don't know, we're going back to Caminero here. He hit a ball almost in the uh, almost in the same exact place as Cavanero, but it was uh, caught on the warning track. Like he just, the loft isn't the same, the angles aren't the same. 
Um, you know, and and that's just how much better Caminero is compared to compared to Williams. Um, there is definitely some plate coverage issues. I feel like he has to cheat to get to um, uh, get to the balls on the outside portion of the plate. And when we talk about cheating, we're, we're talking about a guy like, okay, he's going to throw out there. Um, I'm going to have to cover. And then he's, you know, when you're cheating, you're then susceptible to inside fastball. So um, you're essentially guessing and you're kind of a guess hitter. Um, it's an upright, slight open hands back uh, stance. He has quick hands. Um, uh, the, again, like I said, there's some, some issues I see with uh, plate coverage. Um Obviously, Caminero, you know, since I saw him, he had uh, greater c- c- play coverage. Uh, um, the next guy that we're going to talk about um, has more swing and miss, maybe, but it can cover the whole, whole zone as well. Um, Williams had to cheat to get to those fastballs outside. I also think that his reactions aren't necessarily as smooth as uh, – as other hitters at this level when it comes to facing um, facing fastballs. Um, he didn't face anybody that threw really hard stuff throughout this three-game look. Because I also went back and watched video of uh, um, one of the looks to try to get a third game of Cabanero, third game of Williams, and a third game of Vasquez. Just happened that the, uh, I think it was Friday night look, was all three of them in the lineup at one time. Um, so that was kind of sad that I didn't get um, – you know, that opportunity to look at him, um, at these guys, uh, swings at a lot of pitches. Um, I know that he has a four Oh five, uh, on base percentage has nine walks. Uh, but when it, when the ball's close, he's going to swing, um, outside zone and stuff. Um, I think it's an inflated on base percentage at this point. I think it will be inflated for most of the year. Um, just judging from how bad pitching is last year in, um, in low a Charleston, he had 168 strikeouts in yeah. uh, 113 games. Uh, his on-base percentage was 347, but I would only, I would also imagine the same was true last year that guys weren't missing close. They were missing far, far away off the zone and he's not going to, to budge on those pitches. So uh, again, seeing the Rome staff, um, I think it actually helped him seeing the Rome staff, um, because he knew he was getting strikes at some point. Um, And so it wasn't as when he guessed, he probably guessed correctly. Um, In my first look, he got a hit extra base hit triple. Uh, I'll be honest. It shouldn't have been a triple. Um, I think somebody had some issue in right field. Uh, I didn't look at what happened in right field. There were, there was, there were some adventures in this series. Let me just put it (laughs) that way. The wind was a little crazy. Uh, yeah. and somehow the, the right fielder did not come up with it. Um, and then in the second game, hard contact again, as I said, right to the warning track. Uh, he also had a two home run game during this series, um, with one of them, I believe going out the opposite field. Uh, so, you, so you can get that this is maybe a power first prospect. Um, you know, I'm thinking probably around 250, maybe even below that as a batting average, uh, power. You know, another guy that could hit 25, 30 home runs. Um, I, I don't think that he has the aptitude to be a good base base runner. I did not really see that in my look. Uh, last year, he was uh, 28 for 38 in stolen base attempts. Uh, where everybody was stealing bases, he was getting caught still. 
Uh, so far yeah. this year is three for three. I, I kind of I got an above average time from the from the right hand um, batter's box to the right handed hitter. Um, like I think it's average speed. Um, uh, what sets him apart in the field is that he just has such good reactions uh, and and positions himself in the right place and has the range to um, you know make up for. Um, make up for his speed, um, having those reactions. So I, I have him, um, kind of as a eight prospect right now. I, I think on the off season, I went with an eight D I think I'm more willing to go to eight C. Um, but I think that by the end of this, let's just be honest. It probably ends up a seven prospect. I think this is a regular player who will hit home runs, but he's going to be a guy that's going to bat, um, at the end of the lineup, uh, seven, eighth or ninth. Um, so you're looking at a guy who's going to hit home runs from that slot. So you're not going to see the same run scored numbers. And you're also not going to see the same RBI numbers as somebody higher up in the lineup. Um, if the hit tools a little better than I'm projecting then maybe, um, but I really do believe that it's a 250 or less hit tool. So, uh, I know in today's game, 240 is, is average, but, uh, I believe this is a below average, um, hit tool. And when everything regulates, uh, we'll see that. Yeah, I mean, it's in uh, just looking at the numbers, the thing that stands out to me, which what you mentioned is just the high number of strikeouts. Um, like you said 168 last year in 113 games, and 25 already in 19 games uh, this year. So just um, you know, being aware of that um, and yeah. how that how that develops uh, as he continues One, to uh, meet better pitching on up the ladder. One more thing, Brent. Uh, I had it also written down on my second page of notes that he was susceptible to high fastballs. And he, like I said, he wasn't facing high fastballs. He had some trouble getting up there, probably a little bit top, top hand heavy, uh, adjusting that swing, uh, plane. So, or swing, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, right. So yeah, uh, a guy that is a dude, uh, I don't know if he's a fantasy top 100 guy. Uh, I think he's on the cusp of being one. Um, so either he's going to be in or he's going to be out. Um, last year I did, rank him i believe uh just uh um i think i had camonero fifth on my race list and i had him sixth and yeah. i think he's still like the fifth or sixth best prospect um but not a i i think right now i would not rank him in the top 100 yeah gotcha um let's just keep moving and slide on to willie vasquez i know he got some uh you know, kind of some buzz early on as a, uh, you know, as an international sign and, um, seems like he may have slowed down a bit, um, or, or moved around. What were your impressions of, of, uh, Vasquez with the Bowling Green? Uh, he's a player that is very easy to like aesthetically. Um, you know, one of those guys that kind of looks the part, uh, they have Mm -hmm. him listed at six, two, I want to say one ninety. Um, my page is loading right now. Yes, six two one ninety. I think the one ninety parts uh, there. Um, he's probably six two, but he has a longer, longer arms and um, and longer legs than what you normally would see out of somebody that height. Um, the, so there's longer levers that are involved with this guy. Um, so again, like it, there's a there might be some hit tool issues. Um, with him. And I think that we've already kind of seen that this year. 
Yeah. Uh, if anybody like me, just the standard comment, not to insult our friends at IMLB.com. But whenever you hit the back button at MILB.com, you get taken to a uh, story from years ago. It's really weird. I don't know what's going on there. But I wanted to go back because I also wanted to load up. So he went, he kind of went the same route as um, Caminero did last year. I didn't mention Caminero went to the Australian uh, league, baseball league. Um, And uh, Vasquez followed him there. Vasquez played on the same Perth team as him and did the same sort of, um, I mean, granted, not to the level of damage that uh, Caminero did. But but let's just say that he had a very good good winter or summer down in Australia. Um, Yeah. So far this year, he's batting 238, 344, 463 slash line. That's BA on base percentage and slugging. He has four home runs, uh, four stolen bases, five caught stealings. He's walked 13 times. And I think that's one thing that I've I've seen different from my looks last year is he is much more patient uh, than he was. I kind of considered him more of an aggressive swinger. And at the same time, I really kind of feel like he's cut down on his swing as well. So uh, even though the results aren't there on the BA, um, I think that he's in a better place right now to to be to move forward. I could see him um, heating up, um, and you know it might be how p- pitchers are pitching to him. Maybe he needs to adjust to that. But it seems like his uh, for a guy with a little bit uh, longer arms and stuff, um, and again, an athletic lean. Um, very athletic and lean, almost twitchy athleticism. Um, there's a bit of a hitch in his uh, in his load, and that's something that I'm I'm very um, in his upright even stance swing that I'm I'm concerned with. I think it takes away from his bat speed and his reaction skills. Uh, it's going back and watching video that I evaluated last year. It doesn't seem like the hitch is as pronounced as last season. So I okay. guess that's where the whole on-base percentage and reactions have have uh, come up, and maybe getting to hard contact more is 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 a product of that, not striking out. Um, but in my look, he hit the ball, he stung the ball several times. Um, uh, he had two hard contacts uh, with two extra base hits in game one that I scouted, and then in game two. Um, he did well as uh, well there as um, I'm sorry. Uh, he did well there too. Um, he got had a single that he that that he um, hit very hard um, on a very slow line. It is a flatter um, swing plane than Williams and Caminero. Um, so, like the home run, the the angles that are needed to get to those home runs aren't quite where Williams and uh, Caminero are. It's not saying that they can. They they will get there. They could, they might not. Um, but this guy's like further behind in, in development, even though he's an older kid, he's, he's still only 21 years old in, in high a likely we'll see the 20. I, I think he will see the big, um, double a this year as well. Um, especially if he performs like I think he is, but he's a September birthday. So like, this is truly his 21 year old season. Um, yeah. I, I'm just I'm not as high. I I think my new rating on him's an AD. It went from an AE, uh, but like it would also be a 7D and then maybe a 6C. Like 
there's a lot of finish still needed with this prospect. Um, but I do think he can be an above average player, especially since he has some speed behind him, whether it's showing up in the stolen base category right now or not. And he does hit the ball relatively hard um, when he does make uh, barreled contact. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Uh, good insight. Um, and I also you... saw him, sorry. I also saw him at second base and at third base. Yeah. Um, I think, don't know where he's going to end up. <laughs> um, I think that's one of the other big questions about him. And I know you were about to ask that. Um, that's exactly what I was going to ask. Yeah. He's a kid who could end up in the outfield. He, he doesn't have those, uh, or, or he could even end up at first base. I don't know. I don't think he has the power to, to really supply this. Um, it might just be a utility outcome. I've heard from people he's a little better at short maybe than uh, Caminero is. But of course, right now he's, He's only seen three games at shortstop, and I think it was when Carson Williams was down with a night, little, little naggy injury type deal, um, mm-hmm. nothing that was serious. Um, um, but primarily, he's he's had 15 games at at second base so far. Yeah, okay, that probably probably uh, again sort of a prototypical uh, raised guy if they hang on to him, uh, the moving yep. around uh, some in the infield and maybe even the outfield. Uh, let's finish off with. Uh, a non-Ray, um, like you got a chance to see a uh, right-handed pitcher for the Angels, Sam Bachman, at some point over the past couple of weeks. Um, I know he was a high pick. I think it was in – was it in that uh, sort of pitchers-only draft or whatever that the Angels did? Yeah, in, in 2020, it was. 2021? Uh, first rounder. What, what did you uh, what did you see with uh, Bachman? So he was a guy because weather was questionable in the Angels series. That his his game, his start was rained out and postponed a day. So I went back and scouted him anyway. Uh, since I was home, I I looked at a previous two starts. Uh, it was very much what I expected from him. Very very little has changed, uh, but a lot has changed as well. If that makes sense. Um, what has changed and. Uh, I, I kind of covered it on the website um, during my Andrew Abbott article, uh, the Reds prospect. I talked about the factors in Double A uh, Southern League, uh, talking oh, yeah. about the pre-tacked ball. Um, okay. This week, it got blown up. Uh, Kyle Glazier of uh, Baseball America wrote a, a, a article on uh, the difficulties, uh, what they've noticed. They had some research to back it up. To show that like some guys were were excelling, like Andrew Abbott, um, were getting more uh, uh, ride on their fastballs, sharper break on their sliders, and were able to command it. And then there were other guys that were now wild things because they couldn't um, they couldn't they couldn't um, get the ball um, to do what it normally did. Um, yeah, right. and no team in the Southern League. It is more true that this has really kind of wrecked. Um, is the Rocket City Trash Pandas the Double A affiliate of the Angels? Uh, so much so that article came out, and the Athletic wrote one, which I haven't even read, about the difficulties of Rocket City. We're talking about the team that threw a uh, no hitter and gave up seven runs and had an outrageous. Uh, mm-hmm. And I got to see one of those pitchers, the lefty yeah. Torres, who hit three guys in that game. And I saw him struggle uh, in his appearance. Uh, And and like Torres, no great fantasy prospect, but he was a guy that 
last year looked like a major leaguer who just cannot grip the ball right now. And and it seems like it's a, a staff-wide problem, but it's also sporadically uh, seen with guys like Joe Boyle uh, from the Reds organization whose strikeout numbers have climbed, but his command, his control, which was bad to start with, has become atrocious. Um, and, and that's kind of where Sam Bachman is. Um, low three-quarters delivery, big batter, a big body. He has a head whack, and there's a lot of effort to his delivery. Um, it's a very powerful lower half. It generates plus arm speed. Uh, it, I mean, he. Uh, and there's a pretty wild finish uh, towards the end. Like, there's, there's a lot of torque there. Um, it, it looks painful. And that was one of the things that was very surprising for the Angels to take him eighth overall. Uh, was to see that there was a lot of question marks uh, with Bachman's delivery that it was going to be needing to be refined. And I don't know Mm. if it's been refined enough that um, he's going to start. There's, there's other issues too, obviously there's, there's some, um, some like I, this is a really weird one, better control, but worse command, if that makes sense. Um, Mm. I I don't know even what that means at this point. Um, (laughs) But anyway, his fastball was 94-97 in the scouted start. On side, two-seam runner uh, with Boer. Uh, this is probably one of the uh, better sinkers in the minor leagues, so it kind of got away from sinkers. It barely, rarely gets whiffs. It's not a whiff inducer, but you are going to hit the ball into the ground. The problem is here is um again the lacking command i i still see it bleeding up into the zone um the fastball isn't necessarily what's causing him him his control issues uh but it's still not great control uh, instead of being at like 50 something percent last year his strike rates around 62 63 uh yeah. and you want to be even with this stuff you want to be 65 to 67 to be considered a major right. leaguer with with yeah. with fringe command um right. you want to be higher than that 67 is about average uh 70 is where you know all those guardians pitchers seemingly live um but like that's 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 kind of what you're looking at uh the slider 85 88 it, it, it's a tight breaker there's more horizontal movement uh, which is indicative of probably the um um the tack um uh, and him um, getting better better work on it um uh there's still the vertical break but a lot of these pitches don't even get close to the zone um in the scouted start that i saw he had 14 whiffs on this pitch um again potentially plus to plus plus if he can corral it um and then the change up is an arm side fader with late drop um it you you see that late drop so infrequently um, he throws it up, and it should be very victimized. It's not a really good pitch. It's I, ha- I have it as a forty on the twenty eighty scouting as the best case scenario. Um, I believe that it ends up a three pitch, a thirty pitch, which is considered poor. It's not terrible, but it's poor. Um, twenty would be terrible. Thirties poor. Forties below average. Fifties average if you get the drift. Sixties plus. Right. Uh, 70 is uh, plus plus and then of course 80 is exceptional Uh, I don't see him as a starting pitcher Um, he's a reliever he's a late inning reliever he has the stuff that fastball slider connection is is really good Um, 
Uh, I could see him getting a run because, of course, it's the Angels as a starting pitcher. Um, they don't have guys um, that are uh, – they don't have a lot of quality depth here uh, right now. And I think that's why they drafted uh, 20 or 21 um, mm-hmm. um, pitchers in the 2021 draft. Um, They're trying to get it. I I also in the same series saw a few of their other pitchers that are kind of on the fringes as well. Um, uh, You know, at least this guy is a a guy that I think has a major league long-term home. Um, A lot of their arms, I would not be able to say that um, effectively uh, about Um, like even that, that that kid I was talking about Torres, I think it's Eric Torres. I think he's a, a situational lefty in a time where there's no such thing as situational lefties. Um, mm-hmm. But he's a guy that will get some some coverage and might stick on the team as a fifth, sixth, or seventh reliever for a while and maybe get up and down, and then you'll see him on another team and uh, get yeah. some play. But that a lot of those guys in that organization fall into the Eric Torres place where um, it's almost a perfect storm for them to get to the major leagues with the Angels and have a role. But then if they move on elsewhere, they've got to prove other other attributes. And that's something that Bachman shouldn't have to because he has yeah. such good um, sinker um, slider combination. Slider. It, it really yeah. reminds me of and, and different different types of pitchers, obviously. Um, but uh, Brewstar uh, Gratterall uh, was a guy hmm. that I saw that, you know, we didn't have the change up. And now. Uh, his issue with um, swings and misses on on his fastball as a starter was because he had no extension whatsoever. Um, but he threw really hard and still throws really hard and stuff. Uh, he's a back back end guy. Of course, he had better command too, so it might not be the greatest comp. But that's what you see when you're when you're looking at a double A guy. Uh, uh, you know, going way back, I, I saw Edwin Diaz start. Uh, before I, I think before I uh, started writing for Baseball HQ, and uh, you know it was very obvious that that guy had um, eighth, ninth inning stuff. Now, of course, he really refined his slider and and made it a difference maker. Um, yeah. But like the the stuff was there, the stuff was there for Gratterall, but might not as a starter, not for Diaz as a starter. And I really think the same thing can be true for Sam Bachman as a starter as yeah. a reliever moving forward. Yeah. No, sounds good. I mean, again, it's uh, so helpful to hear your observations on that. Um, especially, you know, you, you just see some of the uh, pedigree, the kind of the first round pick, the ninth overall, there must be something there you can get, uh, we can get excited about, but to kind of realize that it's probably a uh, more of a bullpen arm, like you said, could be, could be a late inning one, um, but a bullpen arm on the left is, uh, is just good information to have. So anyway, we uh, yeah again thanks for your thoughts and observations on uh, Junior Caminero, Carson Williams, Willie Vasquez, and Sam Bachman uh, as part of our live looks uh, this week. Um, as we move to what's on tap, what uh, what do you got going, uh, weather permitting? It sounds like uh, <laughs> over the next week or so. Yeah, I, I wrote the whole in theory thing again. Um, uh, the weather forecast is bad. I'm surprised it's not storming right now. Uh, it's probably going to storm soon. 
Uh, we've got a, a stalled out uh, frontal boundary, uh, I believe is what I heard uh, the meteor- meteorologists say. So it's just firing up storms every day. Um, <laughs> and, and so, uh, I, you know, you just don't know when those storms will hit, uh, but it, I'm hoping to go down to Rome uh, for the second week in a row. Uh, they got the Asheville tourist in town. Mm-hmm. That is high A for the Astros. Uh, and I knew that. And the first thing I did was look up the Rockies. Uh, I was like, oh, you know, I clicked on, on their thing. And I was like, <laughs> no, they're they're gone. Yeah. They're not in, right. they're not in Asheville yeah. anymore. <laughs> They've been in Asheville my whole career. And um, the last few years they haven't. But um, I- I'm happy to see these Astros looks because – I get Drew Gilbert, who was drafted out of Tennessee last year, Jacob Melton, another college outfield prospect, and a pitcher with some buzz who's not necessarily doing that great this year, Miguel uh, Alo. Alo- uh, hold on, let me. I can do this, guys. I can do this. Aloa um, is is yep. how his last name's pronounced. Um, Aloa, uh, Miguel Aloa, um, who's a right-hander, hard thrower. Uh, with considerable buzz, who just hasn't had a great year so far. Brent, are you going to be able to get out to the park this week? Uh, I am not sure yet. I was just looking uh, at some of the schedules. Uh, The one interesting thing is uh, the AAA affiliate for the Cardinals, Memphis, is uh, nearby um, and uh, is up in Lehigh Valley this week, which they don't often get uh, to this area. And I know Matthew Levitore is uh there and um so that is one possibility yeah um other, other than that i am mason win too buddy I'm not sure mason win is there also yeah so um we shall see uh to to be determined still in theory have, as you said too have you watched any of the cardinals this year like i didn't realize how bad they were until like uh, i saw yeah. it all blow <laughs> up with uh you know, Matt Thompson is my uh, from Bit Prospect Live, one of my good sure. friends. Uh, yeah. He's basically yeah. my lifeline into the Cardinals. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I can judge how good they are doing based on his tweets. And the last, it, it, it just sounds really bad. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, they, they, they need some infusion. They need some infusion. Uh, well, several, several guys are underperforming, and uh, this whole Wilson Contreras thing over the weekend, uh, they you know, had just signed him to a five-year contract and and now are kind of removing him from catchers uh, temporarily, they say, um, and going to have him DH more. Um, sounds like uh, sounds like there's some defensive issues there that they weren't fully aware of or didn't fully uh, yeah. comprehend about, which is uh, which is interesting. I mean, especially you know, in, especially in the Cardinals. Of, yeah. Um, so. Uh, that's that's the latest. I'm sure it'll you know I'm sure it'll blow over at some point. But uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, they they've got it's bad. They're, they're, yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> that's a pretty awful start uh, for a team that was definitely expected to contend yeah. in, the, in the NL Central. Yeah, it's not Oakland Athletics or Kansas City Royals bad, but it's bad. Um, yeah. Well, thank you all for joining us on this week's Eyes Have It podcast. I will host. Our next episode with a guest, my guest will be Just Baseball and Prospects Live writer, uh, Reese White. Uh, Reese is a good dude who has a lot of in-person California uh, um, league looks. Um, I'm really excited uh, because California league looks, I think it's like him uh, and maybe Kyle Glazier, and that's about it, um, that 
go to California League. Um, it's just a very hard uh, to get prospect coverage out there. And, uh, you know, since Reese has been going out to the ballpark, I've followed him and um, you know, I'll consider him a friend. And I'm glad that he's going to be on. We'll have uh, a different league that we don't normally have on here. And that's my goal this year is to try to get as many live looks from as many people as possible. Uh, I've got uh, three other people already scheduled to come on, so uh, should be really good throughout the season. And I have uh, I need to get back to a couple people that that wanted to be scheduled uh, after the midway point in May. So uh, things to look forward to. Uh, Brent and I would love to hear from you. You can ask us questions at the eyes have it at baseballhq.com or reach out to us on Twitter. I'm at c underscore blessing. Brent's at Brent. HQ. First time listening to the Eyes Have It podcast, click subscribe to get our future episodes and please rank us too. Um, I plead every week, rank, spread the word about us. I, I'm actually kind of tired right now and I've been talking a lot tonight. Um, um, <laughs> before and after this podcast, uh, I'll be talking some more. So, uh, you know, please, so I don't have to waste any more of my breath. Just spread the word about us. Um, may everyone have a great week and happy prospecting. Brent, have a good one. Yes, yes you as well, Chris. Thanks. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.